0: Welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And this is episode fifteen. How are you doing?
1: I think the reoccurring thing. I'm I'm tired. It's, <laughs> it's, true. A, it's a lot of riding all the time.
0: Well, I'm also tired, but it's nothing. To do I was with like, like for what? Yeah, I mean, nothing not a, to do with riding my bike.
1: Not a bicycle for sure. Yeah, it
0: was an uh, interesting week. I just had a lot of house stuff kind of going on this weekend, and I kind of had to make a late night. Uh, audible and just say, "Hey, dude, sorry, I, I'm gonna have to bail on our ride." So, my apologies, man. I mean,
1: I'm glad that I was gonna go without you either way. So,
0: yeah. Well, just here we are. Too much real responsibilities. I couldn't. I couldn't take time to ride my bike, unfortunately. It was, I was like a good day for it.
1: There was a lot of people out. Oh, All really? right. Like almost an annoying amount of people.
0: So more than one. Because that's well, how many it takes for me to be annoyed.
1: Oh no! There was like clusters. Like, yeah, yeah the whole distancing there was people i would say multiple groups of six plus
0: like hiking and stuff no 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 no, Like riders going going
1: up south mountain and then they're you know obviously spread across the whole like get into these people
0: for people that go fast oh yeah (laughs) i would never see those people because i i just stick in my pace and i usually don't end up passing yeah
1: well it's annoying trust me
0: all right, well, let's get to it, man. How can people find us?
1: Yeah, they can catch us on Instagram at Postride Cafe and Twitter at Postride Cafe. We'll say now that I learned how to use Twitter, get a few a uh, few likes and a few retweets, so that yeah. that's nice. I threw one up today. We've got got a couple. So
0: nice. I did see we had uh, some people download from Canada, so now we oh. are fully North American.
1: I mean, we're hitting multiple countries now.
0: Yeah, Mexico and Canada. Coronavirus can't stop this podcast.
1: The big three, dude.
0: Yeah.
1: We got all the Americas.
0: Yeah, we're a North American podcast.
1: No, we're an American. We got, well, I guess that's Central America. We need to get South America. That'd
0: be dope. Yeah.
1: We'll work on it. Work on it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start advertising down there. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let's get right into our Strava stats
1: of the week. Stats, man.
0: Uh, Well, me, I did 48 miles, a little 1,800 feet. I only got to ride my bike twice. One of those. We talked about it last week. It was a recovery ride. What about you? Uh,
1: 180 miles, 7,600 feet. Good majority of that climbing today. So.
0: Yeah, and it looks like, I think I looked, you did one day off. So, good good job.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, ride of the week for me, I was probably, my main ride was... On a Wednesday, so we had one of that big ride on Sunday last week. We did 60-something miles, you know, we did a metrics uh, Century. And I did a recovery ride on Monday, just real low spin, went out with the family. We just kind of rode to the park and back, you know, real chill. I think it was like 15 miles, you know, just kind of spinning the legs out. And I was like, all right, cool, Wednesday, a couple days later, I'm going to feel pretty good. I'm going to go do Castle 4, a bunch of climbing, you know, a bunch of 15 20% gradients. Dude, I felt so Awful. I was like, my legs were not happy. It was TJ legs, basically.
1: Yeah, that was those post-rest day legs.
0: It was, it was rough. I think I took one too many rest days, and it was just, my legs wouldn't work at all. Plus, a little bit of wind, but really, it was just, I had bad legs. I almost stopped, from, I almost quit in the middle of the ride. I was like, <laughs> so exhausted. But
1: I You almost quit or quite?
0: Yeah, I can't spell. It's <laughs> to quit. Can't quite spell quit. I'll get there. I'll fix it. I want to have my show notes guy fix that.
1: Good, good. Um, so for me, probably today would, would be my ride of the week just because I hadn't been out to Somo in a little while, South Mountain, and got up for the Silent Sunday. And like I was saying, there was quite a few people out. I think it was about 43 miles, 4,600 feet of climbing. I didn't go to the top, um, didn't have great legs either, and I mean, it was okay. Like It just felt tight. Um, and I was like, I'm just not going to push it. So I did Holbert's repeat six times. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's
0: like two thirds of the climb basically. And that's like the most steady part of the climb. The eat. second part of that climb is like a little rolly and then a couple steep pitches, but it's not really like.
1: Consistent. Yeah. Well, so right after Holbert's repeat stops, it's a, a, a downhill and then you go up a little bit and like kind of, you're saying rollers, but it's a bit of a downhill. So it's, if you're just trying to, like, get a consistent climb, that's really what you want to do on there. Yeah. Uh, and then finished with, I had, like, maybe 15 minutes left bef- before 10 a.m. because that's when they start allowing cars. And I just started to do San Juan because it it's blocked, so just car-free for the whole day.
0: Yeah, and you're probably thinking, like, oh, ends at 10, probably cars, like, a little bit later. No, they're, they're, like, lined up with nothing better to do than driving to the top of a mountain.
1: I mean, I was there at 7, 7.30 or so, wait, something like that, and there was a car trying to get in, obviously, you know, with some ridiculous car, car color, you could just tell, had HMU uh, on the license plate, yeah. one of those really cool people.
0: Oh, yeah. I think that's my favorite part about Sound Sunday, is watching people drive into the park, and then, like, watching their face as they realize they can't actually go in the park.
1: Yeah, or go to the top.
0: Ah, uh, it's one of my favorite things. But yeah, I'm kinda of bummed I didn't get to go with that. You know, I hadn't been to someone in a while either and so I was a bum to not be able to make it, but just had too much stuff going on. I I decided I'd maybe I'll try to squeeze in a during work this week.
1: Yeah, go for it, dude. I I won't I don't ride it anymore with cars. Yeah. It's just too tight and I've just seen how the way that they drive they're all over the place and I mean, after work, you're maybe in a good good time frame, but, I don't know, whenever I'm going to go, it's it's not, yeah. and it's closer for you, like, it's a far drive.
0: Yeah, I, I literally just ride from my work, so it ends up being a 30-ish mile ride just there and back, you know, so it's perfect amount of time after work. When I first started doing it back in, like, January or February, it was, like, too close to sunset, and everyone wanted to go to the top, to... Uh, what is the name of that dam? Dobbins. Yeah, yeah Dobbins. That's what closed dam?
1: right now too. So Oh is it? They're doing like repairs, so that's another benefit. And
0: um, right now I'm fist pumping lightly. You can't <laughs> but I am lightly fist pumping. That's exciting. Because that's where everyone goes. So yeah, if that's closed, then that should reduce traffic. Except for the people who are just gonna drive up there and realize it's closed. Yeah,
1: right. well I mean, yeah, there's a big sign, but they'll still <laughs> ignore <laughs> big that. Big sign. That yeah. doesn't matter.
0: Like I think one of my favorite things about signs was I was on 7th Street going, and it's kind of a shitty road to ride your bike, but there's a little climb there, and I was just starting the climb, and there's a sign literally right next to me, and someone was honking at me because I was in the street, and it has a sign of a bicyclist and a car, and they're in the road, and it says, give them four feet, and the person's honking at
1: me. Yeah, like one of the share of the roads. Yeah. They're like, that doesn't apply to me.
0: Yeah, it's like literally I was biking right next to it. Like, at that exact moment in time, they were honking. Just just want to,
1: like, point over.
0: Come on, man. Yeah. You know, I'm not one of those types. I kind of just ignore it. I am. But, but, yeah, I don't bother. It doesn't help.
1: Yeah. Well, I was, you know, back into me uh, buying things. I was thinking about getting back on the GoPro train. Just, uh, I've been thinking a while just for safety and then partially as, like, a deterrent. And to to, like, I mean, you know, because you could to avoid those kinds of things, just kind of like point down and be like, hey, like you're on camera. I was talking to my niece and she was saying she has a dash cam on her car. Hmm. And like when people see that, they like chill out. Or like when they try to like race her, she just has a Civic or whatever, but it looks racy. racy. Yeah. And then they see the dash cam and then they stop. So,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. Might be worth it.
0: Yeah. It's not a bad idea actually like it's one of those things where like i wanted to get one of those bracelets right that has your name on them and shit yeah i just haven't got around to doing it i looked them up they're like forty dollars i was like it's fucking insane for a piece of silicone
1: yeah i mean maybe you can go to the one of the PetSmart and with where they make the dog tags (laughs) i'm not even kidding like because you can put your name (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's what they do to return your dog you can have your phone number and
0: yeah a little bone or a heart symbol i don't know which one to get now you can put it on your keychain. Yeah. Wouldn't be bad. Keys. Yeah. I'm uh, carrying my keys. That's gram games, dude. I can't we can't be carrying that kind of weight. Think about it, man. Alright. No, that's actually not a bad idea. It's because those uh
1: those are probably like five dollars. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, what the hell is the name of that damn company that sells those wrist ones? Uh I know what
1: you're talking about. They were about.
0: advertising all the time on cycling, um, when it was on NBC's Versus or whatever. But anyway, they were cool. I like the concept, but $40 just seemed like a rip-up
1: only your life, man. Don't worry about it. $40? <laughs> so yeah. What what after
0: I get killed in a car accident, I'm like, should have spent that $40. Yeah. Then they, they know who to call. True. Yeah. Anyway. Well, gonna... let's, let's get into some news. Yeah. Just so a little bit of cycling news. Real quick, I wanted to touch on one thing before we move into the bigger news topic, but they had a couple articles on the Tour de France 2009 drama. With uh, That was when Lance came back, and he was on the same team as Contador on Astana and that whole drama, and, like, you know, when I first started watching cycling is right when this... This is, like, the first race I really watched, and so I didn't know anything about cycling. And so seeing it kind of come back up again, and they talk about what happened and how the teams were, and it was super drama and tense and all this stuff, it makes a lot of sense, but when I first started watching I just didn't really get all that. I was just like, oh, you know, like, Lance is the old guard, and he's obviously wants to try to win, so he's not going to really work with his team a little bit, you know, you know, there's kind of going to be some rivalry or It's like whatever. a Hino
1: Lemon thing where you're like, ah, he's like, I still want to be the leader.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, obviously I didn't know any of those things at the time either for context, but I just figured it makes sense that he probably won't win, but he'll want to try. I mean, he's already, he won so many times. And yeah. He is out to prove nothing really, but he was out to supposedly, you know, push his, what, Livestrong, you know, branch or whatever, but, um, so I just didn't really know all that. So like, if I could have go back in time and, like, have as much cycling knowledge as I have today, that would have been, like, an intense tour to watch. Like, because... Yeah. You know, I just had no idea.
1: The comeback tour and just all the past stuff and the, you know, the... At the time, the supposed doping and...
0: Yeah. Well, and Concerter was the clear favorite of that tour regardless. You know, he had won the, the previous two years because they couldn't go last year because of doping on the team, and so when he switched teams... You know, it was, you know, he had already won, so it's like he was just going to, he was the clear leader. You know? Yeah. And so having Lance on your team doesn't really help, and then half the team was built around Lance anyway. And, like, you know, the stuff that I find out in hindsight now that I've watched a lot more tours since then, you know, it's like, it would have been, I just had no idea. At the time.
1: I feel like there was a thing, too, where, like, maybe he had, Lance had his loyal domestiques on the team and mm-hmm. you know, probably didn't want to work for Contador and vice versa. and yeah. Splitting that all up,
0: it's... Yeah, exactly. The chaos had, for sure. Yeah, and then you had the coach, you know, who was a huge friend of Lance as well, and so, yeah, just was kind of crazy, and he was talking about, like, I mean, I think Hansador is a little bit of a paranoid person in general, but he would keep his bike with this mechanic, and he was complaining about, you know, Lance getting better equipment than him and stuff, but, you know, who knows what really happened, but I'm sure it was super dramatic, and we all know Lance is a dick, so, like, True. I'm not, I'm not surprised by anything Contador says about him because like, he just seems like that kind of a person regardless back then. like, So competitive and such an asshole. But, I won a lot of races.
1: Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's what it takes, I guess. Yeah,
0: but there's some other news too this week.
1: Yeah, it was like actual kind of race news or potential is the reschedule of the Tour de France. Yeah. They're looking at the 29th of August to my birthday, September 20th. Nice. So... The weird kind of thing is, at least at the moment, is there's no change to world championship dates, which I think also starts on the 20th, and the two other Grand Tours are supposed to be raced after that at some point, and some of the classics are supposed to be in there too. They had thrown out going to November to the end of the season, but even still, like, how do you make teams for all that and split things up? and? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Classics guys are going to go race the Classics races if if you have to choose. They'll probably be Tour de France and then Classics, but I think there's going to be... It's going to be the same thing. Maybe we'll be cool like like Paris-Roubaix where it's just these stacked races because yeah. everybody's trying to get it in.
0: Yeah, it could be. It's I, just a lot. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, right? I think that it's very possible that this could stick and we'll see a Tour de France. That does seem likely to me. You know, it's going to be hot. It'll be that end of summer. So, you know, I think we'll be in a place where that could possibly happen.
1: But yeah, I don't know how
0: the whole calendar is going to play out. I mean, they're squeezing everything into four months.
1: I think too, it will be interesting to see because, I mean, we're talking about different countries who have different effects and different rules, even currently where I think, um, Spain, you you, you can't go out and sure. and race and, and different things like that. So it's Unless you're wrong, Dennis. Yeah, just delete your social media.
0: (laughs) Dude, that guy is a hot mess. Anyway, but yeah.
1: Kind of a dick, too.
0: Well, going back to that, though, Spain is currently in a lockdown, and they're talking in Italy about opening...
1: Yeah, so so it's always, like, it'd be kind of weird. So maybe it might just depend on which countries are open to which races will actually happen, because, you know, Belgium or this or that, like, it it might just be kind of determined based on the country rather than what race really wants.
0: Well, I did hear that... uh... The Rumor was each of the grand tours could only be raced by people from that country, so then France could actually win one. <laughs>
1: I had not heard that someone was saying that it was maybe like it was a secret a joke.
0: insider pro or something that was anonymous. It had been I don't think anybody will allow that. I mean, there's no way that would happen, so I thought that was a ludicrous sort of thing. And I think it maybe it was just like people who were locked down in that country. But I mean, France would love that, but it still lose to somebody, some, <laughs> yeah. Some pros like just. Stuck in France. Somebody
1: with like dual citizenship, yeah. and they're like, ah, you know, the, the South African guy <laughs> won again, or the Kenyan, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. whom is.
0: No, I, I mean it's exciting. I mean we're we're definitely ready for some cycling. That would really be watch nice. So many reruns.
1: Well, and and you could only talk about things that we're going to talk about on a, of doing ourselves, or you it's know, true. doing things that ourselves aren't oh, yeah. as interesting.
0: Uh, for sure, but I do have a a solution for that. But we'll wait till the end of the episode. All right. A little foreshadow. Well, yeah, so I don't know. It'll just be cool to see some races, and I'm hoping this comes to fruition. You know, obviously, as as plans change and time elapses, we'll, we'll know more in next month, and it'll, it'll kind of be more solidified, I think, in the next month or two. So it'll be exciting and give pros something to ride for, which a lot of them have been kind of saying, like, what's the point of riding? right now?" True. And it's fair, you know. Yeah. If I was a professional and I could have a few months off, like, why wouldn't I?
1: Yeah, I mean, cause you, ten years of a career or something like that, and just like, "Me, hey, maybe I want a nice summer once."
0: Yeah, you can actually hang out with your family. Oh, uh, I'm gonna get back to training, gonna hang out with my family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it'll be exciting, but until then, let's get back to the topics about what we're up to.
1: Yeah, so kind of a carryover, I thought uh, from last week, which was recovery, uh, was training, was kind of, kind of get into, they kind of go hand in hand of not overtraining and, you know, the same kind of thing with, with recovery is, you know, proper hydrating, not overexerting yourself. It all kind of works together. Uh, I've been trying to get a little more serious into training and making a training plan and to kind of prep for when there was the potential for races don't have that for, for myself either, um, but I, you know, still kind of get into it and I think it's, I think it's really beneficial to focus a little bit rather than when I first started is just like, let's ride your bike and you do as many miles as you can or have like a really general kind of thing, like as fast as you can or as many climbing feet as you can. I think those were all kind of goals at a point and maybe didn't know how to quite get to those goals or when you just did those things, there wasn't that much behind it. And so if you start to make a little more of a training plan, you can get those things quicker and, and I think you can pull the benefits from those a lot more as well.
0: Sure. Well, there's something to be said about stating a goal and saying it out loud, you know? Yeah. And then building a plan helps you... Build to it, hold you accountable. So it just makes sense that if you train with a plan, you're going to succeed with your plan.
1: You yeah,
0: actually reach your goals.
1: So and then with that, uh, I found some really good articles on Train Right, and they kind of reflected a little bit of what I was typically doing. And I'll say right away, I didn't follow my uh, my training plan this week, and I feel like I'm feeling it. Like it's I. So I have in, you know, a five-day plan where I had been taking Mondays and Fridays for my off days. And that's what I had been doing for a little while. And I think that was working. And I don't know if I mentioned it last week or I was going to mention it this week, was kind of throwing in those uh, recovery spin kind of rides. Mm-hmm. And I did that on Monday. So I ended up riding six days this week. And I think it was just too much, like, for me anyways. Maybe one of the other days I could have done something easier, or maybe it was a carryover from Sunday pushing too much. But I think, because every ride this week felt a little off. Like, I thought I was feeling better, uh, I think, on the Thursday ride or something. And then today, like, I didn't feel great. Like, my legs felt tight, and so... For me, I think the five day really works without that recovery spin. maybe maybe focusing on the recovery spin at the end of that ride, where we we're kind of talking about just doing a mile or two miles max of just spinning out the legs. Yeah, And I think go back to what I have kind of on here as a Monday is basically just stretching and yoga, and that's max for me. And the same thing on Friday where you're just kind of stretching things out maybe getting a little more flexible and you could work your core or something like that but just not focusing on leg training at all
0: yeah makes sense and uh, speaking of core i woke up this morning and uh since i wasn't gonna ride i was like i'm doing a little stretching this morning dude i could barely do a plank <laughs> I'm so sore
1: gotta get back into it man i do
0: yeah so i don't really have a training plan right so the 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 flip side of this, and I think what's enjoyable is, you know, for uh, for you, you're you ride, you know, five six days a week, and I'm at, you know, I ride two to three days a week, you know, and so we're just different types of riders, and I like to. For me, just being able to ride my bike is is enjoyment enough currently in my life. So, it's just tough because I'm I'm like you where I'm super competitive and I want to be better at stuff. So having the idea of, you know, just sort of casually riding my bike is a little tough to stomach but I do all right with it and so I try to have one good hard ride and then I had like to have like a lower intensity ride for like building up my cardiovascular system right? yeah building up my blood vessels and kind of keeping my heart rate not too elevated and just having a good long you know sit in the saddle and It allows me to kind of do some other stuff too. I'll listen to a podcast or something to catch up on some stuff and and get my exercise in. So it's just kind of a good balance for me. And then I'm trying to, once I get more settled in at the house, which we're getting pretty dang close, I'm hoping to get that third ride per week in. And then I can easily push the 100 miles a week that I'm looking to do. Yeah. And make that uh, sort of training ride where I'm doing climbs and I'm doing, you know, either doing intervals or doing something else, you know. And so that's a, that's, that's, kind of interesting cuz you're one way and I'm sort of the opposite so it's a nice it's a nice
1: balance. Yeah, I mean I think it it works in the sense of kind of giving our listeners a a broad spectrum of things to choose from or just an idea of if this is where you're at of the person who's trying to get up to race shape or the person who's starting out or the person who like doesn't have as much time cuz I kind of have in here and I think it would be really good to look at those those train ride articles, um, but just of doing um, intervals and like even though I think they are like 30, 30 seconds, like five 30-second intervals with um, some amount of um, rest in between. I, I think it's like a minute rest in between, and that pushes up your power and average speed higher than you could just riding 30 miles or something like that. So if you don't have the time, you can do that interval or different types of training. It's always hard for me because I don't ever find that as fun. So I think that's why I always like to throw in something or I've been trying to do lately, like I'll throw in a gravel ride that's more fun. So it's kind of mental rest as well. You're just out having a good time. I'm not, you know, I have the Strava on my watch or I have it on... It will upload from the watch, but I'm not looking at any stats or anything yeah, like that at all. It's, for
0: sure.
1: it's just information later, which is fine. And, you know, it's always lower because it's not about that at all, but it's just, well, obviously, cause I can't lose miles. I got, you know, I gotta, I yeah. gotta have a record of it, Yeah, but, for sure. but it's not looking at it at all. So yeah, I think well, that for helps. you,
0: it's, we've talked about it. You're very much like focused on, it's hard for you to turn off if you're on your bicycle and you're running Strava, it's hard for you not to just push it to the limit,
1: you know? Well, it was weird. I don't know if my cadence sensor wasn't working today, and I was just like, no. I was like, I don't have a power meter, but the way that I usually, especially climbing, I'll be like, okay, I'll look at what what can I do about 90 RPMs or so, and then kind of base it on the gradient that I'm looking at, and I was like, I've lost my, one of my elements here. And maybe that was partially why I just didn't go to the top because I was just like, I'm just going to do repeats and I can't get my exact focus on that I want to because it's kind of hard to me when I'm like, all right, I'm going this mile per hour, but how hard am I pushing myself? And like the cadence, I kind of use all three, you know, cadence, speed and and the gradient to see how hard that I'm going. And so it's hard to tell.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I like to use the cadence as well. I don't have a power meter as well. I mean, I'm not a pro. I don't need one. You know? Like, Yeah. But I definitely like to have cadence as an indicator of where I'm at, because if my cadence drops, then I'm either too steep, which I have no choice, or I'm just in the wrong gear and I want to spin higher, right? That's just where I want to be at. But I'm also tinkering with that. You know, we've talked about a couple years ago when I was riding a lot more, I felt almost like I wanted to bring my cadence down on the climbs into the 80s instead of the 90s. And yeah, felt better,
1: which but, could work for you. I mean it's yeah, just a different style. like i I think there's plenty of people who do both,
0: sure. yeah, so I, I haven't really gotten that far again where I'm really willing to start tinkering right now. I'm just trying to get into writing shape and just enjoying writing right now. and so I haven't really delved too far into it, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but one day.
1: yeah. But I think that's a good start, and like I said, I have a, a five-day uh, from myself and then from the train right and then a four-day as well of just kind of different options that you can use. And they also have in here for non-standard weeks how you can fill those in and do a higher intensity one day if you only have three days or yeah. kind of how to work it.
0: But Well, I, definitely.
1: I I think think that
0: I am one of those people where I ride two to three days a week. So I have tinkered with the high intensity stuff and I I didn't quite do the 30 seconds on one minute recovery thing. I've done that with other things like jumping rope or, or whatever, you know, the high intensity interval stuff. And it does definitely blast you and get you pretty dang tired. But I have done that on, even on my rides, there's that little canal stretch where it's pretty relatively flat and it's really quiet and so there's no lights it's just a long stretch of canal and so yeah you can easily knock out some intervals on that thing I have and it it does work
1: yeah I guess it's another quick thing to point out is I feel like it doesn't have to be so regimented where you can just add it in and maybe you're already kind of doing it I feel like I am a lot where there's a short climb Mm -hmm. if you hit that short climb pretty hard or if you do a couple of them that's kind of intervals yeah. you know, as it is.
0: Well, I think for you an interval is when you see someone up ahead and then you just really <laughs> hard for a short period. That's your intervals.
1: You started that when we rode the other week, so that's that's on you.
0: Well, to to harken back to like the nineties commercials. I learned it from you. Yeah. You've been doing that almost your entire life.
1: I mean, I have to.
0: It's true. I mean I'm not saying it didn't work for you. You ride your bike pretty damn fast, so I have a hard time keeping up with it. It helps. No, it has been helpful. It is nice to put those dig digs, because sometimes it's hard to just for me anyway to just start riding my bike hard. Like, what am I doing? You know, like I need a plan. I'm one of those you know types where I need to have a structure and I need to know why I'm doing it and for how long and like, I like to have a plan. So if I know I'm going to be doing six intervals at thirty seconds and then a minute break or whatever, like it's easy for me to go. All right, I'm just going to go do those things yeah. instead of like I'm going to ride hard until I just can't. S- my legs stop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I think that's where it kind of gets into of having a little bit of the plan helps you not go too far.
0: Yeah, well, I also think it also just lets you see progress, right? So, like, you know, one of the things, this is kind of random, but, you know, I I weigh myself once a month, and I weigh myself at the scale at the gym, but that scale is not available to me currently because the gym I go to is closed, so... I'm not going to bother weighing myself on another scale because I don't have that consistency because each scale is different. Yeah. You know, this one's one of those older ones where you slide the little weight across. You know, I just like it. You know, it's almost fun. But I'm anxious to kind of see where I'm at because I feel like I've been losing weight, but I don't really know because the other little crap scales we have around the house, they're just not the same. The
1: electronic ones. And it's yeah, they're going to vary.
0: Yes, I'd rather have something consistent. So going back to the intervals, if you have a like, here's what I'm going to do. And next, you know, you can track your progress, and in a month, you're like, you know what, I can actually push this for, I can do seven or eight intervals now, instead of, you know, I started off doing three, and I was winded, and then I got to four, and now I'm at eight, you know, so like you can actually track your progress, instead of just, you know, I rode hard for 10 minutes, and then I rode hard
1: for 15, or whatever. I think, too, I use the Strava Live segments, you know, if you want to splurge on that.
0: (laughs) Not me, I can afford that uh, big money, whatever it's called these days.
1: But... It does help, like, even if you're going after yourself and just, you can see, all right, I'm starting here, I'm stopping here. If you've done enough, you know how hard it is, you know how long it is. And then you can look at later and be like, okay, they have some little extensions you can add on there, too. You could see the percentage of where you are at against everyone else, and, I don't know, I like that stuff. It helps, I don't know. If you're shooting for something, like, it's a
0: video game in that sense. Like yeah. leaderboard and you wanna like yeah. move up the ranks, like it, it motivates you to ride hard and train.
1: I use it too like I mean I don't have like that many KOMs, but if you you can see you're like, okay, like I'm close enough, like this is physically possible for me. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, I can go focus on, on sure. this now or, or whatever. But I don't know, whatever whatever motivates you. I, I think that's that's a big thing.
0: It definitely is motivating, right? I'm not gonna argue with that at all. Just, uh, I'm in a different headspace these days. I'm fucking casual and it hurts. It just really hurts me inside my soul.
1: <laughs> well, I'll bring it up as much as possible just to, to rub that in.
0: <laughs> well, like, I used to play online video games and, you know, I got to the point where if I couldn't dedicate enough time to play, I just didn't want to play. Like, if I couldn't play at the highest level, I didn't want to play at all. Right?
1: Kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> in a way.
0: But, with cycling, like, I also, it happened to just really enjoy it and so... I can not be as competitive and realize that I, I just don't have the capacity anymore right now. And so I'm I'm okay with it. But I do want to write more. The one thing I'm not happy with is writing two days a week.
1: Two days is tough.
0: Yeah, it's hard to get any sort of momentum. Get a rhythm. Yeah, so I can get to three days. You can actually make progress and actually...
1: 3 days you can make a plan with 3 days.
0: Yeah, 2 days is just it's too hard. I'll do like a, a easy ride and then a super hard ride and it's hard to be it's hard to build on any of that. It's hard to build a foundation on that. 3 yeah. days is about the minimum
1: I think. You don't want to just go out and be like, "Alright, I rode once. Now we're uh, doing a 60 something miles and uh going real hard."
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's where I've been. So it's it's this yin and yang. It's too hard, it's too soft, it's too, you know, it's a tough thing to do, so I need to get to three days consistently, and I do see that coming on the horizon.
1: Good, man. Well, I don't know what we're looking at next week again, but uh, maybe something will, something always comes around.
0: I want to do our team episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we, at the beginning of this cycling season, it was supposed to be kind of quiet, and you know, just there's just the tour down under, and then we were going to do, we had started recording on the side some, like, team episodes, and we never got to complete them all, and we're like, hey, you know what? We have this time now. We have a, a semi solid Tour de France date in August. I think we can knock out all the teams by then. I think so. And it would just be nice to kind of talk about real cycling for a change. That's True. what this whole podcast must freaking be about.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, one day when, when that happens.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'd be nice to kind of start talking about teams again, remind me who's on what team anymore, you know?
1: True. I mean, you you need those reminders. I do. What
0: team is Michael Morkoff on? No clue. Not not a clue. Probably someone.
1: He's just on his own Swiss national team, or
0: yeah, he is definitely not Swiss either. I looked it up. I I know, know, but that's why. Two weeks in a row. I mean, I apologize to Michael Morkov, but sorry. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what nationality Sagan is. Slovakian? Is that what it is? Yeah. Slovenian, Slovakian.
1: Who knows? It's a different thing. He's Czech. Czechoslovakian, you're just countries that don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, anyways. Cool. Well, yeah, so we're going to tinker with those team episodes. Maybe you'll see one next week unless we have something else we want to talk about.
1: Yeah, something comes up. We'll see. Yeah.
0: All right. Have a good one.
1: See ya.